say that I treat them different Niggas be bitches, hoes be bitches I don't see no difference Shawty, my aim is different DC, my English iffy Solo IV, but I'm on my feet I got these angels with me Tired of making money I'm on to making history Fuck how they feel I keep shit real It in a documentary Shit, I be feeling like Real niggas don't make it to 50 And I be feeling Malcolm Martin and Pac would defend me I'm focused on chicken My court is on frigid Don't trust no sheep robbers Don't trust no dirty bitches Okay, okay, here we go. Welcome to the Film Room Files. I'm Zabi. You can follow me on Instagram at RealJetLifer. And this is my co-host. Izzy DMV, a.k.a. I go by the name of Ish. Um, you can follow me on Instagram under that name, Izzy DMV, and Twitter as well. So we decided to start a podcast, mostly because we love discussing sports. Um, of course, Izzy and myself have known each other for a long time. We figured we'll have some fun, record ourselves, and uh, we always have good conversations. Yeah. Um, we go back and forth a lot, a lot of battles. So we figured we might as well start a podcast and record it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm really excited about this. Uh, it's something new, something that we just decided to do recently. Uh, and I'm glad we, we uh, went through with it. For sure. Um, so pretty much, guys, how we're going to do this is it's going to be broken down into different segments. Um, NFL, MLB, NBA. We'll uh, discuss a little bit fantasy um, we'll have some hot takes and different things like that. We'll end it with uh, usually something like uh, discussions about sports cards, collecting sports cards. Izzy is a master at that, so he'll give you guys some info if you're interested in something like that. Um, of course, you know, it's going to be a little bit rough because this is the first episode, so bear with us. But uh, we're going we're gonna to make this thing happen, I think. Right? What do you think, Izzy? Yeah, for sure. You excited? We'll get it done. Yeah, I'm mad excited to get this started and to have some good debates on here. All right, so before we go into it, um, this episode is brought to you by Ultra Youth. If you're looking for fly fashion, want to support a local business and leave a great impression by getting a great gift, visit ultrayouth.shop for exclusive high-quality streetwear. All right, let's get into it. So we'll start with um, the NBA. Uh, Tonight's game was the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. Of course, the Heat took that and are going to be advancing um, to the finals. Uh, to go against LeBron James and the Lakers, what do you think about tonight's game, Izzy? Uh, I thought I thought it was a it was a great great game from Bam Bam. Uh, he had thirty two points, fourteen rebounds, and five assists. Just straight up dominant performance. Most of that came from the fourth quarter. Just took over, was a beast. Uh, it almost looked like Boston kind of gave up on that game as well. They kind of didn't come out with any type of fire. I'm really surprised by how inefficient Kemba Walker has kind of been. Yeah, I took a look at his stat line, and uh, I want to say he got only four assists. Um, Jason Tatum, I think, was leading the uh, the Celtics in assists with eleven. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're definitely gonna need more out of Kemba Walker if you want to if you want to advance farther than what they did. I mean, they had a great run. Don't get me wrong; I had high expectations for him. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're definitely gonna need more out of Kemba Walker. Yeah, and but I, unfortunately, that's it for him. Yeah, I and the thing is, you know, the Celtics lost Kyrie, so they decided to replace him with Kemba Walker. Now, the thing with Kemba Walker is that he's not really a good defender, and I think that hurt them this series because uh, Dragic was eating this whole this whole time, uh, Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson. So that, that opened up the offense for the Miami Heat, who typically they kind of do get stagnant on offense, but they were able to find those mismatches and were able to kind of have their way, especially Bam Bam today. He just dominated. Yeah, and if you're going to slack on defense, um, which I'm not saying you should do, of course, especially if you're a professional NBA player, yeah. you got to step it up with the, with the, um, in, dish, in terms of dishing out assists. 
Uh, I think Kemba Walker got five assists. That, um, that's what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, five assists in 35 minutes, uh, regardless of the fact, you know, he did score 20 points, but it doesn't matter if you're a point guard, you're going to need to make assists. You're going to need to dish that ball. And, man, going four from 13 from the three-point line is just – or I'm sorry, he actually went three for 10. Marcus Smart went four for 13, and then Jason Tatum went three for 10. That's just – that's horrible because with three pointers, you know what happens. You it can lead to fast breaks very easily. So taking that many threes, I, I know we're in the three point era of basketball, but you don't need to take that many threes against Miami, you know. Uh, but I mean, they, they they look really, they look like they didn't they didn't want to finish this thing out. Uh, and I was kind of disappointed in Tatum's performance as well from how he was shooting from the field, 9 for 26 from the field. Can we call this a choke job? Uh, I think Miami's really that good, man. I think Miami's just really that good. I think they're underrated. I think they don't play pretty basketball. I don't think they're going to – like they didn't get talked about at all on ESPN or any of these major networks. But that's because most of these major networks don't really prioritize really great team basketball. And Miami – has and it's, it's a star. It's a star-driven league for sure. Yeah. Um. You're go- you're gonna see all the highlights. Everything's gonna be pretty much your all stars. Um. The big names. Who's gonna move the business forward? Who's gonna move the brand forward? Yeah. Which I have nothing wrong with. But I think I'm gonna call it a choke job, man. Um. If you look at Boston's uh, stats and their numbers, I'm sorry, but I feel like they choked in this game. Um. Some young players. Uh. And I, I definitely think that. I mean, Jason Tatum has a lot of playoff experience in his short career. But I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and call this a choke job. Sorry. <laughs> There it is. Now now what we're gonna get uh we're gonna get Miami versus the Los Angeles Lakers in the finals. And did you see uh I don't know if you saw it, but uh Rachel from ESPN, she has that talk show, like that afternoon show on ESPN. I didn't see it. Okay, so after after they, they won they had the celebration, right? The little ceremony for the Eastern Conference title. And what happened was the first question she asks Spolstra was about LeBron James and (laughs) Spolstra laughed it off and he's like yeah let's enjoy this one and not talk about that one yet I mean we always we always knew that there was going to be some uh, animosity in this upcoming game because of LeBron James history with the Miami Heat yeah um, and how he exited that team Um, how I feel like uh, he kind of came off like you know he was upset because he, he was abused he didn't get what he was you know what they promised him essentially he didn't get that backup that he was promised. He played a lot more minutes than he expected, I think. Um, the whole situation with Pat Riley, uh, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I think I think more so just her asking that question was mad disrespectful in terms of, like, they just won the Eastern Conference title when nobody penned But you got to look win. forward. You got you to look no, forward no, for to sure, who but, you're going against. No, for sure, but don't bring up LeBron James when – when the Miami Heat but, just won a series, yeah, but it's that's just the, it's just stupid typical media shit. You know what I mean? Like, but that's just, the hot topic. That's what they're going to talk yeah, about because be, that's what's that's the storyline that's going to be pushed for sure. Right, but recognize and respect the Heat team, bro. Recognize Bam Bam. Recognize Jimmy Butler. Recognize Tyler Hero. Recognize these dudes before you bring up LeBron James. It would be cool if you asked that question before Game One. That's that's an ideal and appropriate time to ask that question. But don't ask that question right when they win the game. Right when nobody had them pinned to beat the Bucks, nobody had them pinned to beat the Celtics. So don't don't sit there and ask them that. Que- don't ask him that question right when he won the 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 championship, the Eastern Conference championship. He even said, "This is not easy." 
You know, this is not easy. It's not easy, especially when a team <laughs> was not counted to even be there in the first place. So that's how I personally feel about it. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm really excited to see what LeBron James has to offer, of course, at this age. Um, you know, as LeBron is going into the finals again, yeah. I believe this is, what, the 10th time? Yeah, 10 times. In his career? Yeah, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Um, I believe tying Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty much the only player in the modern era that's so, made that many finals appearances. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you know there's going to be GOAT talk. You know people are going to compare him to Jordan again. Yeah. You know they're going to compare him to Kobe. Yeah. Is LeBron James the greatest player of all time in the NBA? So this is this is an interesting topic, right? Because this is a topic that I always engaged in. Who is the GOAT? Who Who's going to be the greatest of all time? And as I've gotten older and as I've gotten to appreciate the game of basketball and go back and watch all these full games of all these OGs, you know, Kareem, MJ, just watching all their playoff series, I've come to the conclusion that I think the GOAT debate is kind of stupid. And I'll tell you why the GOAT debate is kind of stupid. Because when you think about Kareem, when you think about Michael, when you think about Kobe, and you think about LeBron, they were the best player at their time in the world, right? But you can't compare either of those guys to each other because they all come from different eras. They all came from a different system. They all came from different... They played different competition, like... Kobe Kobe and LeBron is closer, but LeBron didn't start becoming the guy, that guy in the league until 2011-2012. Uh so with that being said, I just I just don't think we can have the GOAT debate. I think the more interesting debate is who's the next to be in that tier of GOAT, right? So right now we have Kareem, we have MJ, we have Kobe, and we have LeBron. I think if you a were, lot of people will throw magic in there, magic and bird. Yeah, magic. I I wouldn't put bird in there personally. Okay, uh, he he just doesn't. He's not just. He's not as dominant as those players were. But in that era, I feel like he was. Um, again, back to what you said. Yeah, it is. It's very difficult to be able to compare like that. Yeah. Um, especially because of so many different factors. Obviously, your competition. Yeah. Um, just the level of physicality. Yeah. Um, that changes over time. Like you know, people typically will say that the late 80s, early 90s version of basketball is a lot more physical, a lot more, um, it, was, it was just a grittier style of basketball versus today, a lot of ticky-tack fouls that's slowing the game down. Yeah. Um, now, whether we agree or disagree with that, I definitely think that you are right in terms of it's hard to be able to name a, a number one greatest of all time. I think it's more of a personal decision. Yeah, um, for sure. Who do you like? Who's, you know, somebody maybe from your team, the team that you root for and cheer for, then you can say, okay, now it's attached with some emotion. They're the greatest of all time to me. Yeah. So I can, I can definitely see something like that. Um, but we could have the co- either topic way, about LeBron Le- is going to be discussed. That, that's a fact. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm just- not a LeBron fan. I'm going to go ahead and say that up front. I'm not a LeBron fan. Yeah. I like LeBron James as a person outside of the court. Yeah. Um, but you know me. You know how I am. I can only acknowledge Knicks, fan, uh, Knicks players as my favorite players. For sure. Um, so of course it was Melo, then it was Porzingis, and now I'm in a in a, a state of limbo where I, I can't even say who's my favorite player currently, um, or even my goat. I wouldn't say is a Nick, even though you know that's what I was talking about. It's it's I wouldn't say personally that it's a Nick, but I'm not going to say that I'm a fan of somebody currently playing right now in the NBA that's not a Nick. Yeah. Um, I know that's 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 a lot for you right there, but that's just personally how I feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in in, in today's today's game, I think you got to watch out for, of course, Giannis. Um, I think that 
he's going to be on that next level. Yeah. Um, give him another. I mean, everyone says once he develops that jump shot. So it's a matter of time. He's going to develop that jumper. He's going to get some help around him. And I think he could be considered um, in that conversation in the future, of course. Um, but here's it, the thing with Giannis. He hasn't even been to the finals. Granted, he's still young, right? Yeah, he's young. He's still early in his career. The only person we can really say has the potential to be in that conversation. Of course, they have to. I think this person has to win at least two more championships is probably Kevin Durant. I think that's the closest. Because when you think of an unstoppable, unguardable player when he's on, of course, we have to see how he comes off the Achilles heel injury. But yeah, Achilles injuries are always tricky. That's the thing. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to say KD just because of that. Um, but but we have to see, you know. What I like about Giannis also is his work ethic. Yeah. Um, I mean, just look at the development from when he was drafted as a rookie. Oh, yeah. Just look at his body. Look at the, the evolution of him. He's a physical specimen. He's dominant. Yeah. He plays an aggressive style of basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, he's lacking in terms of a jump shot. Of course, in today's NBA, you're going to need that jumper. Yeah. You're going to need that three-point shot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he would be, for me personally right now, Somebody that's young and and still I feel like coming up, um, just got his se- second MVP. Yeah. Um, but still has a lot a lot more career to go where he can prove himself to be in that conversation for sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you you know as the Warriors showed us in the matter of just three or four years, the entire landscape can shift in the NBA. Absolutely. It, it takes one good team, and then every one of those players will be recognized for what they're good at. Right. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna compare somebody like a Jordan or a LeBron. They're two completely different players. They do completely different things, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. They're both they're both in that conversation, but they both do completely different things. Yeah, for sure. I think if you have the top, if you want to have the conversation of who's the most influential, I think it's not even it's not even close when it comes to MJ in terms of being most influential. If you take a look at how, how his footwork is in the post, the way he uses his feet, the way he finishes at the rim, you started seeing guys like Kobe emulate him. And then Kobe took took what Jordan did and added his own spice to it. LeBron took some of, some of what MJ did, but I would say m- mostly if we had to say LeBron was influenced by anybody, I think it's more so Magic, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. Big yeah. time, he's influenced by Magic, uh, and yeah, I just think yeah, I just think the goat talk is kind of it's kind of like a never ending debate, right? Um, at the the way Jordan played, I see why people people hang on to Jordan because in that era, like if you think about right when he retired, it's really hard to think about another player player doing what he did. You know what I mean? But Kobe came around. Of course, you know Shaq was the best player in the world for about two, two to three of those championships that they won, the first two or three championships they won together. But then the fact that Kobe had a new squad and still was able to go back to the finals – and win with Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum, and just a completely different roster two times, that's a testament to his greatness. As the testament to LeBron's greatness is being able to, at 23 years old, upset the Pistons, right? Go to the finals, yeah, you get swept, but then he comes back, goes to Miami on a championship uh, team with a championship coach, championship GM, and he, he pretty much secures his first two championships there. And then goes to the Cleveland, is down three one against historically the best team at that time, right? With the with their seventy two and nine record, 
and he managed to come back. Remember when Clay said this is a big boys game, and I guess he got his feelings hurt. Yep, yep. And then LeBron just kind of laughed like a maniac, and he was like, "Ah, oh, so hard to take the high road," but no comment on that. And then he just went off for those three games. I mean. It, they all have different stories, different narratives, different situations. That's why you can't really compare it. But right now, if we're talking about in the moment, who's the best player alive in the world right now, I think it is LeBron James. Uh, but in terms of go talk. Um, That's pure bullshit, my friend. I think that we're going to have to move on from the go talk then because yeah. I agree with you as well. It's, it's difficult to say he's the greatest of all time, but he's definitely um, probably going to be the greatest in our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, because who knows? Maybe 10, but, 20 years from but now. I'm excited there to could see be, what the future holds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 10, 20 years from now, we might see an athlete that's even someone more athletic than LeBron James. You know what I mean? So we, we have no idea of predicting that as well. So anyways, I also just to kind of hang around that NBA topic, I, I want to ask you about your thoughts on this matchup between the Lakers and the Miami Heat in this finals matchup. So we got Lakers and Heat. I mean, honestly, I think LeBron's going to go ahead and take care of business on this. LeBron and AD. Mm. Who's going to if you can if you can d up LeBron? Who's going to stop uh, Anthony Davis? That's that's what it all comes down to. And I really don't yeah. think that he'd have anybody that can. Yeah. Um. And I think that honestly, LA is going to take it in five. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say Lakers in six. I think Bam Bam is going to be a huge huge X factor. I think the Lakers are probably going to have to stick with Dwight in the lineup because when you think of Bam Bam, he's a really strong guy. He's not, he's not, I don't want to say Jokic is soft, but of course, when it comes to strength, Dwight Howard had much more strength and was able to neutralize And a lot more experience for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. We're looking at a way more mature Dwight Howard than what we've seen when he was playing for Orlando. Yeah. And Absolutely. He, he has an understanding. Or the Lakers the first time. Yeah, and he has an understanding of what his role is. He's the rim protector, and he crashes the glass. And he's there to put back the shots that his players put up if he's in the position to. And I want to see how Bam Bam kind of plays him, and then I also want to see how Bam Bam kind of plays AD. But I think the reason why I'm going with the Lakers is that LeBron's biggest thing on offense is always switch hunting, right? He always switch hunts against your weakest defender. And when you have Tyler Hero, I love Tyler Hero. I love Duncan Robinson. I think uh, Dragic has been amazing this series. But if you think LeBron is not going to get those switches on those three guys and be eaten, bro, it's going to be ugly if he's able to get those switches and have those one-on-one matchups with them because it's just going to cause the Heat team to have a lot of headaches. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he he's still, he's, a, he's like their captain of of course the leader of this team but i don't think he's offensively as consistent as ad or lebron james i just think the all-stars are better for the lakers i think the lakers have the better veterans i think they they have the better lineups they can adjust their lineups and play you in multiple ways so i think that's why i favor the heat in this match i'm sorry i favor the lakers in this matchup yeah i agree i mean i I think that Tyler Hero is going to be good for one game, right? I'm not going to say he's only going to play good for one game, yeah. but I think he's going to take him to the next level in at least one game. Yeah. Um, I don't see Miami getting swept, but I really don't see them winning more than one game. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think the Lakers are going to take it in, in five. If not, okay, I could see six, but I, I definitely think it's going to be in five. Um, I, I really doubt it's going to go any farther than that. And, and I think Miami is going to be back here again, even if they do lose. This is a very young team, very promising team. They're they're definitely, this is not going to be their first time we'll see them in the finals, I think, in my opinion. 
coming out the East. All right, so um, I guess that just about wraps up the NBA for now. There's not too much going on other than the finals um, and tonight's game. So let's uh, let's move on to some uh, some NFL. What do you think? Yeah, so we'll we'll kind of go down the list here. So the first game I was kind of watching today was Chicago versus Atlanta. That was an interesting matchup just because Atlanta came off a tough loss. And, man, this was another tough loss for them. Uh, when you talk about blowing leads, man, the Falcons found another way to blow the lead again. Um, this this matchup was interesting because when we were doing our test episode, I was talking about Trubisky and and how patient the Bears were going to be with him. And all it took was him to throw one interception in the third quarter for them to be like, nope, you're out of here, and, and put here Nick, Foles Nick Foles in. Yep. yep, absolutely. Nick Foles came in there, and, he and he's threw- a proven veteran. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that decision. I think that Mitch Trubisky has proven himself time and time again that he's a backup. Yeah, and if you think about it, I mean, Nick Foles is a Super Bowl champion. You know what I mean? So he, that does help, you know. Uh, yeah, that helps a lot. And the thing with this game that was incredible uh, – they the Falcons were leading by 15 points, I believe, in the four, in the fourth quarter. This is the second straight week where they led by f- 15 points and blew the lead. Um, and they blew the lead because they were taking stupid downfield shots instead of running the clock out and and milking the clock near the second second half. I think they only ran the ball about five times in the fourth quarter, and they only scored. I mean, they scored zero points. They put up a donut. Uh, the Bears looked really good. I mean, Nick Foles had three touchdowns and one pick. And he's been waiting to prove himself. Yeah. but it, 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 And we've seen already when he played for the Eagles, it just takes the right offense. It takes the, the right plays. And you know what? As long as you're a competent quarterback, yeah. you, can, you can win games in the NFL. Um, it's, you, you know, I'm not saying you're going to win the Super Bowl, but you can definitely win games. And Mitch Trubisky is not a competent quarterback. Yeah. And the, and the thing with Nick Foles, what's crazy is he almost had five touchdowns. Right, he had two of them that got called back. Well, one got called back, and then the other one uh, they had to review, and they saw that the ball hit the. Uh, or I'm sorry, actually, there was one where Allen Robinson caught it in the end zone, but then the defender literally ripped it out of his hands, and they ruled it a pick. And then there was another one that was a call. I like back. to see. Yeah, there, and then there was another one that was just called back. Uh, Foles looked really. Uh, he looked really good with the weapons that Chicago had. Anthony Miller looked very fast and agile with Nick Foles throwing to him. Um, Robinson was clutch. He ran a curl route, broke off a tackle, uh, took it in for a score. So he has some weapons, but man, you got to feel really, really bad for the Falcons. Uh, you got to feel bad for Matt Ryan and, and Calvin Ridley because they they're the only two players that are really trying on that team and. It's just I felt, horrible. I felt bad in their uh, terrible performance in that one Super Bowl versus the Patriots, but this, this is point. literally what it's been. <laughs> the past two weeks has literally been that same thing. Like that choke job that they had against the Patriots has been the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know what Atlanta's going to do. They're probably the best zero and three team, but they're also the worst coach team in terms of just blowing leads and not knowing what to do Wait with the lead. So. The next, the next team we have here is Cleveland, thirty-four twenty over the Washington Football Team. Yeah, honestly, I thought the the Washington Football Team was going to take this game. Yeah, I thought their defense was going to be able to hold up the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, uh, but obviously not. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest factor for me, I didn't actually know he was out, but Chase Young was out. 
I think they announced he was out before the game started. So had I know I predicted the the Washington football team to win this game, but if I had known that Chase Young was going to be out, I probably would have gone with the Browns just because I think Chase Young makes that big of an impact and takes that defensive line from good to really, really great. Uh, so with with this matchup, of course, what happened with this matchup, you know you're going against a very good defensive line. So what the Browns ended up doing is they attacked with Kareem Hunt and they attacked with Nick Chubb. They're able to run up the gut. They're able to run outside with Kareem. And then what it did was it opened up the play action. And once they started going, once they established the run offensively, Baker Mayfield seemed very comfortable throughout the whole time. Yeah, Baker Mayfield did put in some work today, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and there's, bro, there's one play where he launches it. And I'm a big Baker Mayfield critic, so I'll be honest. Yeah, same here. There was one play where he launches it downfield, and it's about to be a pick, but OBJ, like, knocks, knocks the, the, like, deflects the pick from being caught. And then he starts wagging his finger, like, bro, you're not a defensive back. You yeah, know, I saw you, that. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. I was like, yo, bro, you played yourself. Yeah, dog, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you wagging your finger? You're not a defensive back. So I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, uh, Dwayne Haskins, man, he he threw t- he had three interceptions this game. You cannot turn over the ball. Uh, the, the Miles Garrett was able to, in the second half, he was really able to dominate and just strip sack near the end. And it was a matter of time. The game. It was a matter of time doing Hassan's doing an interception. I don't think he threw an interception in the first two games, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Um, but really what won the Browns this game was Miles Garrett just being able to get into Wayne Haskins' ha- head, the turnovers that the Browns forced, and then, of course, the rushing attack of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, which I, opened up the play action as well for them. I feel like you got to give the Browns some love. I know they were kind of hyped uh, last year a lot. In the yeah. beginning of this year, they weren't hyped as much. Yeah. Um, but for years and years and years, we know the history of the Browns. Yeah. Um, but finally, they've scored 30-plus uh, points in consecutive games in the first time since 2010. It's been a decade. Uh, so I think you definitely got to give them a, you got to give them a hand for this one. Yeah. Um, but I did expect the Washington football team to come out with the win. Yeah, same here. Uh, at least Gary Terry still looked good. He looked like he he's like one of those players when you put the ball in his hand, he looks like he could go to the end zone every single time. That's how good he is. So, I mean, it's a tough loss, but Haskins just got to go back to the film. He's got to work on those turnovers, try not to turn over the ball as much, and uh, hopefully they can bounce back from that. So when we were doing the tester episode, I asked you, uh, do you think the Vikings, the Vikings are an 0-2 team, but are they an 0-3 team? And the answer is yes. The Vikings are an 0-3 team, losing to the Titans. Yeah. Um, 31-30. What do you think about that game? Man, this was just one of those where Vikings kind of choked it out. Dalvin Cook looked amazing the whole entire day. He pulled out big run after big run in the first quarter. He had, for his first touchdown, he had a big run that he exploded for. Um, Justin Jefferson really stepped up, man. He was a monster throughout this game. Uh, he, they had no, an- the Titans had no answer for him at all. He was, um, he even was like taunting Malcolm Butler as well. So it was kind of fun to watch those two kind of go at it as well. Yep. Um, but what ended up happening in this match with what it was the Titans never gave up, right? Cause, uh, I believe uh, it was near the score was twenty four nineteen, and near the end of the third, Tannehill hits a beautiful deep ball to bring him into the end zone, and then Henry goes in to get the second touchdown of the game, and that pretty much helped them take the lead. Um, 
Vikings still were able to get back into the end zone, and Rudolph made an insane one-handed catch. He was able to keep both feet in bounds. The ball looked like it was going to go straight out of bounds, but he was able to one-hand that joint. And here's an interesting stat. The Titans are 10-0 and when Derrick Henry has 25-plus carries in a game, including the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Give yeah. that man the ball. Hand that man the ball, please. Yeah. The, the thing is, uh, with the Vikings... When the when they had the ball last, they gave up a sack on that last drive, and and it was actually pretty clever because what ended up happening is they had a delayed blitz with a defensive back who shot through. I think it was like the B gap or the A gap, and he was able to just he was untouched and he took down Kirk Cousins. And then after that, it was like second and twenty something, and it was really hard to just come back and with one minute left trying to beat that. And then uh, of course Guskowski. He's kind of the MVP of this game because he made six field goals. Gostowski, yeah, but th- didn't he have like a really shitty game like uh, and then the first week and week? No, nah, no, nah, he he definitely so week did. one or week two. Yeah, but when in making six, drilling them, that's impressive. He said, "Can He's, I keep my job, please?" Yeah, yeah. So he definitely helped them with the win today, and I think also Derrick Henry was a big factor in there. Yeah, win. absolutely. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to the Raiders and the Patriots. Um, the Ooh. Patriots took care of business. Yeah, uh, taking that game thirty-six to twenty. Yeah. Man, you know what? I can't lie. I'm happy for uh, for Cam. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. As much know, as I hate the Patriots, being a Giants fan, I'm happy for Cam. Yeah, I don't like the Patriots, but in a weird way, I'm kind of rooting for Bill Belichick. I kind of want him to go further than Tom Brady's Buccaneers because I, I just want people to know how great-minded of a coach he is and how solid and that team is. Yeah, so, shout-out to um, Bill Belichick, who I uh, also hate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to shout you out on this one. Classic Bill, Belich- Bill Belichick uh, shutting down Waller. Yeah, so with this game, what I saw really— That was the biggest threat to them all game, and, and he, he took care of business on that. For sure, and he limited Josh Jacobs as well. And I think the biggest factor in this game to me was early on in the game, the Patriots really struggled offensively. The front seven of the Raiders did a really good job making Cam Newton uncomfortable. Uh, the Patriots' pass rush wasn't there against the Raiders for most of the time there, uh, most of the time in the game. But what ended up happening, the X factor actually ended up being Burkhead, right? So yeah. as soon as because they saw, I think this was brilliant by Josh McDaniels because he saw the pass rush that they were they they were uh, having, the Raiders were having. He was able to come up with more rushing plays open up the field for Burkhead he was able to throw some flats to Burkhead which allowed him to work uh work and make some good rack catches being able to get some uh good carries uh through some screen passes as well to slow down that pass rush so in the second half it was just really Rex Burkhead kind of establishing his dominance and that slowed down the pass rush and got the New England offense back in their groove and then um once the once the offense started getting once they started rolling the defense picked it up and it was too much for the Raiders they had the Raiders had a great game plan they they looked really solid throughout the game but it was Burkhead that really made that difference and I don't think they were preparing for him to have three total touchdowns in that game and shout out to Cam Newton, who's uh, surpassed Randall Cunningham for the second most rush yards by a quarterback in the NFL history. Oh, shout out to him. That's awesome. That's sick. That is sick. And then I want to talk about, this was actually a matchup I was really looking forward to, was the Rams versus the Bills. Um, you know, I, I've I've been kind of a big fan of Josh Allen, and 
This game was just another one of those games where wow. he absolutely killed it. Yeah, he's he, solidified. Yeah, he he made. He said, some, "I'm here, guys." Yeah, he made some unbelievable run plays. First of all, like he had these great head fakes on on these run options, really selling it to the running back, but taking it for the carry and and scoring a touchdown, running it in himself. Um, he looked really good in the pocket, really poised, made great reads. He just looked like an elite quarterback. Um, he made a beautiful sideline throw to Beasley before throwing a touchdown to his tight end off a bootleg play action. Um, scored another touchdown on the third and goal. Managed to throw a dime to Diggs in the end zone despite facing immense pass rush. Um, he just looked really good this game. And even though uh they came up with a huge lead, the Rams kind of kind of did a good job by beating away at it. Um, Goff was still able to maintain uh composure throughout that game Robert Woods and Coop uh, played a big role in getting them back into the game Um, Aaron Donald had some back-to-back sacks on a crucial drive forced a turnover which led to a touchdown for the Rams um, with Goff handing it off to the running back Henderson Henderson at the end of the drive Um, despite that Allen still was able to bounce back despite losing the lead on a third and 22 he was able to actually evade a pass rush and hit a beautiful pass down the middle for Cole Beasley and I thought that play was amazing just just on a third and 22 being able to escape pressure finding Cole Beasley and converting it um yeah so and then near the end, as he was driving, there was kind of a suspect pass interference call on fourth down, which led to Josh Allen getting a new set of downs. And then he ended up floating a pass to his tight end, Tyler Croft, and uh, that ended up winning the game for the the Bills. So the Rams shouldn't really be ashamed of this loss. It was a very close game. Like I said, that pass interference call near the end of the game was kind of suspect. Big game by Cooper Cup. Yeah, great, great game by Cooper Cup. This was this was a great game, man. It was two good teams going at it. Aaron Donald looked really good, but he just didn't have enough to uh, stop Josh Allen on that final drive. And I think Josh Allen is the real deal. That is a bad, bad man. And uh, yeah, I agree. I definitely would say that yeah. that's a bad man. That's the bad man. So yeah, Josh Allen. He's looking like he he's going to be in that conversation with. Uh, He's trying to make a conversation with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson and all the new quarterbacks that have come into the league. All right, all right. I was I was waiting for you. Okay, you said new quarterbacks. I was like, come on, man, you got to give uh, Russell his his props. Oh man. no, no, yeah, Russell's Russell been Wilson's, doing it for a minute he, though. That's that's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's been doing it for a minute consistently, man. What a consistent quarterback. Yeah, though. but shout out to Josh Allen for developing his deep ball. He was uh, uh, just the last thing before we move on. He was he was before. Uh, the past two seasons, he was about thirty-five to thirty-six percent on on throws. That's twenty-five yards or more, and now he's throwing about fifty-six to fifty-seven percent on those throws now. So big, big improvement in that. And when you have deep threats like Diggs, you you got to make those deep balls, and he's making it happen for them. So let's jump into the Cowboys versus the Seahawks since we were talking about. Oh, Russell that was Wilson. such a good game! What a great game, man! Russell Wilson is a is he's a, he's an elite quarterback. I don't like to say people are elite. I don't I don't throw that term around a, a lot. Yeah, but Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback, man. Doug, I think you think he's going to throw fifty touchdowns this year. He's I mean, he's already at fourteen. I think I wouldn't be surprised. Fourteen touchdowns in three weeks. That's an NFL record, by the way. No way yeah. he's ever done that. He is eating, man. He's 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 eating, and 
I love Russell Wilson, man. He's a great quarterback. He's a, he's just a great role model, um, a beast of a player on the field, and a, just yeah. a great guy off the field. But what a game, man! They took they took care of business against the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like uh, Zeke kind of underperformed a little bit. Um, yeah. He, he was on my fantasy team too, and uh, it's not looking great for me right now. By the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I need some stuff to happen on Monday night, or not to happen on Monday night. But yeah, I feel like Zeke <laughs> definitely underperformed in this game. Um, I think Dak Prescott just. He he's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I feel like time and time again he disappoints. He did he did a great job even in this game. Yeah. Um. But when it comes down to wins and losses, I just I just feel like he's just a losing quarterback, man. Yeah. I mean, the what ultimately you know what's funny is even though the Seahawks are playing great, this game really showed me how poor the Seahawks defense is because Gallup was eating that game. I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but it was just catch after catch after catch, and he was keeping the drives going, and he was able to keep because the the Seahawks had a pretty dominant lead at first, but with, because of that connection a Gallup between Dak, uh, between Dak and him, it, it, they were able to stay in the game, and ultimately, you know, they took about I think it was like a one point lead, and that's when Russell Wilson, you know, threw a bomb, and pretty much sealed the victory for I mean, he was throwing first a lot team. he was throwing a lot of bombs all game I can't yeah remember. it was a, it was a beautiful deep ball to Metcalf I think Russell Wilson and Metcalf is going to be a dangerous combo that we're going to talk about for a couple of years here and is Russell Wilson a bad man he's a bad bad man that's a bad man <laughs> um so I, I kind of want to jump into the 49ers versus the Giants oh yeah let's do this I mean you know I'm a huge Giants fan. Yeah, who um, Giants are now zero and three. I remember you told me yesterday. You said, "Yeah, when you're zero and three, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're out of the out of contention for the playoffs. Um, it's still early, you especially talk- in the NFC East. Yeah, especially in the NFC East. But you know what? I don't even feel like they deserve to be there the way they're playing. Man, what a disappointment the Giants are. Yeah, it, this game, man, it was a. Uh... It was very interesting to me because I did expect the Giants to lose, but I didn't expect the 49ers to be so dominant. They just, like, offensively, their line was just perfect. Like, their line was perfect. The game plan was perfect. The Every play that they drew up was working for them. It was like one of those games where nothing really went wrong for them. They were able to find the soft spots on the defense, and they were still able to put up a respectable rushing attack as well. Um and even even with all of the injuries, they still dominated. This I think that that really comes down to great coaching. Uh, the pass rush was also amazing. You can, and I really slept on Nick Mullins. Yeah, I'll yeah. be honest, I slept on Nick. Mullins. I mean, yeah, but like the thing is, you 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 lose Nick Bosa, you lose Solomon Thomas, and you still generate the pass rush that you did this game. It, it was incredible. They just they won at the line of scrimmage. They dominated at the line of scrimmage. And uh, you saw the giant Daniel Jones had a couple of nice quarterback runs, but I mean you can't you can't expect your quarterback to run you into a victory, <laughs> unless of course you're like Lamar Jackson, which Daniel Jones is not. No disrespect at all, but yeah, it's just uh, the Giants just do not look good. They they just don't look like a competent football team right now to me. Yeah, it's a huge disappointment, man. And uh, I mean, I hope they improve. Of course, being a Giants fan, I love my team. I hope they improve. Um, I was personally very happy when we got rid of Odell Beckham. Yeah. Um, I felt like he was toxic for the locker room and on the team. Yeah. And I was happy for a new start. And I feel like now, 
as hard as it is to say, yeah. I can understand why Odell Beckham was so frustrated yeah. and why he was lashing out and acting like that. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm really disappointed in the Giants. Let's see what happens next week. Um, so let's let's move on to the Bengals and the Eagles. I always hate when there's a tie. I don't know why. I just feel like so, something's got to happen, man. Can we get a coin toss? <laughs> can we get? Can we figure something out here, please? Yeah, I think <laughs> this is. Uh, I think the Eagles. This is a really, really bad game for the Eagles. They played horrible. Um, you, this is. I think this has to fall on Peterson, Doug Peterson, for sure. Because you start off zero and two, you go against probably one of the worst teams in the NFL defensively, and you you just cannot win. You can't you can't you can't solidify the deal. You can't you can't win against the Bengals. Like that's pretty embarrassing with the talent that you have. When you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback, you have to be able to win against the Eagles um, against the Bengals. Yeah, but Carson Wentz, I, th- I want to say through two interceptions, he, he's he's the. First Eagle quarterback with two plus interceptions in three consecutive games since uh, Ron Jaworski. Yeah, nineteen eighty five. And Wentz did have a last second touchdown. Well, I should. There was twenty one seconds left, but he did have a touchdown that tied the game. And then after that, the game went into overtime. And as you can see, it was a tie game after that. But yeah, um, there was one point where uh, Jake Elliott was about to attempt a fifty nine yard field goal. Uh, but had it taken away because of a false start penalty. Um, and oh, then, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Peterson instead of a uh, uh, he he didn't even want to try at all or attempt uh anything after that false start penalty. He decided to just punt the ball away and play for the tie, which is stupid. Why are you playing for the tie? This is the NFC East. You know how close the NFC East gets when it's week 16, week 17. So I just think that was a poor decision, and I think it could come back and bite them in the ass. All right, so let's move on to the Panthers and the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, What did you see in that game, Izzy? Uh, The Panthers and the Chargers. So we did see – I was – so you know when we did our test episode, I had the uh, Chargers winning that game. And I believe I did say the Panthers were going to take care of business on that, which they did 21-16. to Yeah, I just wasn't expecting the Panthers to – um, go out there and win. Uh, they. It's not like it was pretty, but because uh, they're running back after losing losing McCaffrey, they had Mike Davis come in and rush for forty six yards, and he caught eight passes for forty five yards, and he got a TD. Um, which I mean, of course, it's not Christian McCaffrey numbers, but it was enough to kind of uh, generate enough offense for them to win that game. Uh, I think the Chargers defensively, they have to feel horrible by. Uh, losing this game and having Mike Davis pretty much be the deciding factor in this game. Yeah, I didn't see them losing. Honestly, I I, I was I was rooting for the Panthers. I think the money line was plus one sixty five in this game. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater still has never lost three consecutive starts in his career. Uh, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, man. I really like that kid. Yeah, and then uh, we'll go ahead and talk about this. Was another good game. Uh, was Pittsburgh over Houston twenty eight twenty one? So uh, w- uh, what did yeah. you think of that game? Um. Well, first things first. I feel I feel like an idiot because I benched Deshaun Watson today for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. So that was a horrible decision. Um. I don't know. I I feel like I played myself on that one, <laughs> but it's all right. You know what? We're gonna bounce back. Um. Deshaun Watson has become the first quarterback in franchise history with 250 plus yards in each of their uh, first three games in the season. Uh. He showed out. Um. 
But it wasn't enough to uh, take care of business against the Steelers, who uh, won that game 28-21. to 21. Uh, James Conner, I, I mean, I also started James Conner, just throwing some more fantasy nuggets in there. Um, but James Conner has 100-plus rushing yards in two straight games for the first time since week 8 and 9 in 2018. Yeah. I hope it's a comeback for him. Um, and, I, I mean, I thought Houston was going to take care of business on this one, but it looks like uh, Pitts, Pittsburgh went ahead and took the W. Yeah, and what, what ended up happening was uh, the Texans had a 21-10 halftime lead. But what happened in the second half is I think the Steelers picked on, up on the fact that Houston cannot run the ball at all. So they essentially became a one-dimensional team, and that's when the Steelers' pass rush was able to disrupt Watson. And, and like I said uh, during our test episode, I said that they, they weren't going to make his life easy. It wasn't going to be a good day for him, and it wasn't. He, they were able to uh, come back and win the game. Um, of course, like you said, James Conner had a really good game, and uh, mainly the reason for that is because Houston's run defense is actually ranked 31st in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, that, to be able to – they gave up 169 yards on 38 carries, which that's not winning football at all. And, yeah, it's a tough loss for uh, for the Texans for sure. So um, let's move on to uh, the Jets and the Colts. Of course, no surprise there. Yeah. Um, the Colts get the win 36-7 over the Jets. They're, they're their heavy favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Colts didn't even have to get on the team plane. <laughs> like, they, they really didn't have to even do that. Uh, it, because, I mean, it was just the Jets look, like I said, man, the Jets look like the worst team in football right now. Uh, there's no way around it. They can't do anything good. Uh, I would be here all day if I had to talk about how bad they are, everything that they do wrong. And uh, what, Darnold had three interceptions. And that's just part of their franchise's history. I'm sorry to say it, but... It's just a horrible, horrible franchise. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Xavier Rhodes for uh, for he we, he was a big free agent signing. Uh, a lot of people thought he was kind of washed because uh, he did have a lot of bad games with the Vikings, but he was able to uh, pick off Sam Darnold and returned it for forty four yards for a score. Um, T.J. Carey had another pick as well, um, and. Uh, I think, uh, f- yeah, Philip Rivers actually got benched in the game because of how uh, out of hand it was. So he was able to uh, punch get, out. Get early. that old man some rest, please. Yeah, yeah. Get, give give old man Rivers some rest. So yeah, the good 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 win for the Colts. Something I like to see is the fact that we dominate teams that we're supposed to dominate, and we definitely dominated the Jets. So yeah, I feel really good about that one. So let's move on to um, the last game, the primetime game, the Packers and the Saints. Yeah, uh, Packers just took care of business uh, about an hour ago, thirty-seven to thirty against the Saints. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, like we said, you know, he, he's shutting people up. He's letting the critics know. Uh, it's it's the Green Bay's first win on the road in New Orleans since nineteen ninety-five, Week sixteen. Mm. Um, but they went in there and they took care of business. Of course, I think that a lot a lot of that has to do with no home crowd. Um, but thirty-seven to thirty, the Packers take the win. What did you think about that game? Um, yeah, I, I pretty much predicted that the the Packers were going to take this away. Um, of course, Drew Brees looked better than he did uh, during the first two weeks of the NFL, so he did look pretty solid. And I'm sorry to my guys out here who said the Saints were going to take this. He said it was a no-brainer bet. I, t- I told him I'm going to take the Packers on it, and he, yeah. he, he, was, he, was fighting me, he was fighting me on that one. Yeah, me and him kind of went back and forth on that one because I was like, man, why, do you, why are you so confident in the Saints? It's not like the fans are there in the Dome to make that big of a difference, especially yeah. with yep, how yep, bad yep. Drew Brees looked. Now, one thing that the Saints did take advantage of was uh, how bad the— uh, 
the the rush defense is for the Packers. And I know Zayat's going to go on a rager once he hears this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they they were able to put up 100-plus yards, but it still wasn't enough. Camaro Cam- was the biggest X factor for them, right? So this team, the Packers are a good team. They're a great team, actually. But their biggest problem is the same problem that they had last season, and it's the fact that they don't know how to stop running backs. Um, especially elite ones. Yeah, and shout so. out to Alvin Kamara scored uh, forty four fantasy points. Yeah, Jeez. and that then remember, remember when we were talking about the second option being uh, uh, Alan Lazard. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, he, Absolutely. He, yeah, he, he, uh, he went Alan for Lazard. six. Yeah, six receptions, one hundred forty six yards, and a TD. That's amazing. Yeah, he had a seventy two yard reception in the third quarter. Yeah. Jeez. So uh, Aaron Jones still did his thing. He still kept a 4.3 yard per carry average, uh, scored a TD. Um, yeah, this was this was a, a really good game to to see. Uh, the Saints are now one and two. So now they're kind of on a they're kind of they got to be careful with the next coming games that they have because they could easily uh, slip out of the playoff race for sure. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch before we move on to Monday night's game? Um, I guess the only game that we didn't talk about was what the Tampa Bay versus the Broncos. Oh, uh, yes. How could we forget? How could we forget? You said uh, the goat was going to look like a sheep, I believe. Well, I mean, I said that he he, <laughs> he looked like a sheep when he uh, played uh, the the first two weeks. Now, I I had Tampa Bay winning this game easily because of Drew Lock, Drew Lock being out, and really, there's not much to say about this game. Uh. Except for Tampa Bay's rush defense was pretty good. Their pass rush was really good. I think they had about six sacks. So that was pretty surprising. But, uh, yeah, the Broncos, it was tough luck for them. When when your number one receiver is out, Cortland Sutton is out, Philip Lindsay is out, your quarterback is out, there's not much you can expect them to do against uh, against this Tampa Bay team. Um, I think even uh, Driscoll got benched in the fourth quarter as well. So, uh yeah, the the Broncos are going through it, man. It's a rough patch. This was one of those games where Tampa Bay was supposed to win, so I'm not surprised at the result at all. All right, so let's look forward to um Monday night's game. Uh the the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. I think we both said that the Chiefs were going to uh win that game uh due to their defense. Um, but just to let you guys know, Lamar Jackson's 4-0 in his career in primetime games. Wow. Yeah, with uh, 12 passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. <sighs> what? Wow. Um, I think he's definitely going to cash in. Um, I think you're going you're gonna to see a lot from Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, but is it going to be enough to, uh, to beat the Chiefs uh, and the defending Super Bowl champions? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I, just think, I just think this is going to be a game where the Chiefs are going to have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kells kind of go off. I, I definitely see that happening. Now, the Ravens' defense is no joke. Their front seven is one of the deadliest front sevens in the NFL. But Patrick Mahomes has that super quick release, and he also has that power behind that release. So he can, as soon as that ball is hiked, he can throw that shit 40 yards, no problem. You know, yeah. so <laughs> as soon as he gets that ball in his hand, which is a skill that a lot of people don't have, I think he's like one of the only few that can do that along with Russell Wilson. So I think it's definitely going to be a very close matchup, but I got I got the Chiefs edging it out at the end here. So um, looking forward to next week, um, the the biggest game that I'm looking forward to, I'd say next week is going to be the Steelers and the Titans, both three and no teams. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be a great, great game. Um a super underwhelming game on Monday night next week. Falcons and the and the Packers, um, but next week is not looking is not looking great. 
Um, and just in terms of just big matchups, I'm not seeing a whole lot. I think there's a lot of lot of favorites uh, next week. Yeah, um, there's going to be some some big some big dominating games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't see a whole lot going on for next week, but we'll still go over it. Um, what I want to move on to is, uh, did you see what happened um, with Joe Montana? Yeah, that the whole they almost kidnapped his grandchild. Yeah, so I mean that that was something crazy. According to NFL.com, I'm just going to read from from the website here. It says Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana and his wife confronted a home intruder who attempted to kidnap their nine month old grandchild over the weekend. Uh, law enforcement officials confirmed on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's that's ridiculous. Um, according to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, Montana told deputies that his grandchild was sleeping in the playpen on Sunday when an unknown woman entered their home in Malibu and grabbed the child. Montana and his wife, Jennifer, confronted the woman, who authorities later identified um, as Sodzai Dalzell, I think. I, I'm not sure if I said that right. Uh, who tried to and, and tried to deescalate the situation, uh, asked her to give back their grandchild. Uh, I guess that didn't work out because after a tussle, law enforcement say that uh, Jennifer Montana pried the child out of uh, Dalzell's arms. Ain't, ain't that I mean, the same last name of that like white girl that pretended she was black and she was a part of the NAACP? I think that was Dozell. Yeah, they might they they might have been a part of the same family. This is, crazy I think family. This is Dalzell. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. If, maybe I'm just getting it wrong. I'm not sure. I, um, but I guess the craziness might be genetic or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think that. Uh, Somebody comes in my house in the middle of the night, and you know what time it is. Yeah. And and, and, and like you said earlier, how are you going to break into someone's house in Malibu try to just grab somebody and run like that? I mean, what how do you, you, how do you break thinking? into someone's house? How do you break into Joe Montana's house? Do you think she knew who it was? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if she's a football fan or not, but I just, I just don't know how that's, like, how does she, she, is she just walking in the neighborhood and she's like, all right, cool, like, I'm going to go inside this house. This is the one I'm going to go in. And, and I, oh, I see a baby. I'm going to kidnap this baby. Like, wh- yeah. what was the game plan I, for I, I mean, her? I'm looking on the website, and I'm not seeing anything that says that she knew who she was taking. I think she, maybe she was just sick. I don't know, man. Yeah. But I think that's crazy. I mean, just walking to somebody's house in the middle of the night, um, man or woman, it doesn't matter. There's no no excuse for that. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, Especially in so Cali, man. Yeah, you can't so play with that be. shit in Cali. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can't play with that shit anywhere. What are you talking about? No, for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> No, but Cali, for sure, You because that shit is common. Like, people do get licked out, like, in the hills and shit. So you would be extra cautious. And it's very hard for the police to get up there because of how windy those roads are as well. And they're, like, one-way roads as well. So it's very easy for people to actually – it's a very common uh, – for robberies robberies to happen in that area because of how difficult it is for the police to get up there so but i mean it, 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 she was she was trying to rob a baby so it's just like, that's, that's crazy weird. that's crazy <laughs> I, I mean i i honestly i when i first saw the headline i couldn't believe it. i was like man this is what is the world coming to but i mean this sort of stuff happens every day i feel like um it just so happened to be joe uh, montana yeah joe montana's grandchild. grandchild that just put this put this uh Put this article on the forefront, but yeah, that's crazy, man. I don't, I don't know. That's wild. Yeah, dog, that's that's just crazy. All right, so um, I think uh, where we are now, we can move into some uh, MLB talk. Okay. Um, so let's let's go ahead and uh, move on from the NFL and jump into the MLB. <laughs> All right, everybody. So the MLB postseason is about to start soon. Um, I guess the first thing I want to mention is, of course, it's an expanded playoffs. Um, originally, the playoffs are 10 teams. They moved it to 16, of course, because of COVID and the shortened season. 
Um, I want to say there was only uh, 60 games played. And, of course, we, we know what happened with all the debacles with the, with the COVID tests. Um, it, was, it was just a really weird season. Um, but in, in its own way, uh, not a lot of surprise in terms of how the players did and how the teams did. Um, so who we have right now uh, in the American League is uh, the Rays versus the Blue Jays, of course. Uh, I'm going to go with a lot of favorites, honestly. I think the Rays are just on a heater. I mean, they're the, they're the number one team right now, in my opinion. Um, and you know I'm a huge Yankees fan, but if I'm not going to be biased, I think the Rays um, are probably the best team right now. Um, and then we're going to move on to the uh, the A's and the White Sox. Of course, I think the A's are going to take this one. And this is a best of three series, uh, just to let you know. Um, the Indians and the Yankees is going to be an interesting one. I'm a huge Yankees fan. Again, I've, I love the Yankees uh, over... What, what has it has been 23 years now. I've been a Yankees fan. Um, the Yankees went 33 and 27, um, and the uh, the Indians went 35 and 25. I think it's going to be a pretty close matchup there, um, and I hope the Yankees pull it off. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to to watch some some playoff baseball. Uh, Izzy, you know I'm a huge baseball fan, so it's going to be really exciting for me. Yeah, personally. Um, let's see what else do we got here. Uh, also, of course, the Twins and the Astros. I mean, you, you know I'm going to touch on the Twins and the Astros a little bit. Um, you know, I hate the Astros, especially after what happened. Um, they're, they're, they're just cheaters, and I just can't wait to watch the Astros get hit. Um, MLB has its own justice system, so I'm waiting for the Astros to get crushed. They were barely a 500 team, 29 and 31, so you know. I mean, okay, I understand it's a shortened season, um, but you know that they just don't have what it takes. Now, maybe if there was 160 games, we might have a different story, but guess what? There were 60 games, and you suck. Um, let's just look at let's look at some some stats here. Um, without cheaters, I mean, without the cheating going on, um, Jose Altuve, who was a monster, of course, in the playoffs, um, in the regular season, I want to say his batting average was two nineteen. Uh, Carlos Correa two sixty four is not bad, but you still suck. Alex Bregman two forty two. Um, I, I want to say only one player had an above three hundred or above batting average, uh, who was their designated hit, hitter, Michael Brantley. Um, but the Houston Astros, you suck. You're cheaters, and I can't wait for you to lose, and I hope you get hit a bunch of times, um, and that's that. And now moving on to the National League, um, the Dodgers, it's, it's, you already know the Dodgers are going to take care of business. Um, heavy favorite against the Brewers. How they've been looking this season. The Dodgers have been looking good, man, and you know what? They made a lot of big moves, um, and I definitely think that they have a chip on their shoulder, especially after last season, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely think the Dodgers are going to take care of business. Yeah. Uh, Again, shortened season, but I think they uh, they did pretty good. You know, uh, when uh, before COVID, uh, Kawhi went to a Dodgers game and he got booed out the, the stadium. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, Kawhi Leonard. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but yeah, the Dodgers went um, 43 and 17 in the regular season. Uh, just just dominated their opponents, and I, I feel like uh, they have what it takes. Of course, let's let's see. Um, only time will tell, but. If you take a look at if you take a look at um what else we got going on in the MLB. Um aside from uh, aside from that game, let's see what else we got. We got the Braves and the Reds. Um that's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be one uh one matchup that the that the underdogs going to take care of business this, the number 7 seed Reds. Um the Cincinnati Reds have a pretty decent pitching staff. Um I personally just hate Sonny Gray because of what he did to the Yankees. Uh he was just a big Big waste of time and money. He was a choke job. We got rid of him. But he actually, outside of being in the bright lights in New York, which we all know that some people just can't perform, um, Sonny Gray's been pretty decent. 
Uh, Luis Castillo is good. Trevor Bauer is amazing. Um, so I think the Reds are gonna are gonna pull it off there. Um, and then we'll move on to the Cubs and the Marlins. The Marlins have no business being in the playoffs. I just don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about this. Um, the Cubs are gonna go ahead and take care of that. And then we have the Padres and the Cardinals. Um, so I'm really excited to see what happens with uh, with playoff baseball. I love the pitching duels. I know a lot of people want to see some high scoring games, but I personally love pitching duels. Uh, again, best of three series. Uh, and and this is really, it was really hard for me during COVID not watching baseball because there's so many games in a regular season. I had a hard time adjusting to not watching baseball, especially after 20 years, 23 years of watching baseball. It's really, really difficult for me to go that long. Um, Three-hour games, four-hour games every day. Of course, I'm not watching every pitch every game. I'm listening on the radio. I'm watching games on TV when I can. Um, of course, I'm a diehard Yankees fan, so I I, will, I pretty I pretty much watch 95% of their pitches um, and all their games. And then if if not, I'll of course catch the highlights. But it was really really difficult. More than basketball and football, let's say this year with the whole COVID thing, it was really difficult for me to not watch baseball. Mm. Um, what do you think was the hardest sport for you to be away from during COVID? Um, basketball, just because the way it ended, especially with LeBron having those back to back games against the Bucks and the Clippers, and the way he looked. Uh, the way the Lakers just looked in general, they just got better and better, and then COVID happened, and that sucks. So that was that was tough. Basketball is my favorite sport, so yeah, it was tough. But I'm glad it's back. Yeah, and I'm glad we're actually getting an ending now. Thankfully, yeah. Um, we'll wrapping up uh, with the MLB. Um, just going over just a couple of big players. Juan Soto for the Washington Nationals. I mean, this year you have to pretty much be a 500 team even less than that to make it to the playoffs. Unfortunately, um, last year's champions, the Washington Nationals, are not involved in this year's playoffs. But Juan Soto, just an amazing year. Uh, he, he had, a, I want to say, 37 RBIs, 13 home runs. Uh, just just a sick, sick player. Just a young kid just going out there and killing it. Um, Freddie Friedman, 13 home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, what I mean, DJ LeMahieu's awesome, man. I, I can't say enough about DJ LeMahieu. He is a all-around workhorse um, they call him the machine, and they call him that for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I I think that he's probably the Yankees' number one pickup. Him and Luke Voigt, uh, Luke Voigt, who also just what an amazing year. Are you are you familiar with who Luke Voigt is? No. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and familiarize yourself with Luke Voigt, man. This guy's sick. Um, I want to say this year, not uh, 56 games played. I think um, 41 runs, 22 home runs. Uh, leading the MLB, I believe, uh, two seventy seven batting average, which is decent. It's not great, um, but yeah, Luke Voigt is somebody that you know I, I personally love watching, um, especially with so many injuries to the Yankees. A lot of big players getting injured this year: Stanton, um, Aaron Judge. If the Yankees have uh, the pitching, because you know great pitching wins games, um, they can really go far. But I think uh, a lot of it's going to be with the Rays and, uh, in the American League and in the National League, the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, that, that to me is, is going to be, uh, really exciting. I just can't wait for the MLB. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap up the MLB talk. Did you want to add anything to that? No, I think you covered all grounds with that one. All right. So you guys can get a lot more MLB talk out of us. Of course, as the playoffs start, um, the podcast is starting after the regular season, right before the playoffs. So it's kind of an awkward time for the MLB, but we're going to definitely cover some more. Um, and after this, we're going to go ahead and move into, uh, some discussions about, uh, collecting sports cards. <laughs> you guys ready for this? I hope everybody's ready for this. We're going to go ahead and uh, jump into that. 
All right, all right. So uh, as you know, in this podcast, we cover a lot of stuff. And uh, one of the things we wanted to cover, actually, one of the things I was advocating for is covering sports cards. Now, a lot of people ask me, I've just gotten into the hobby, and it's it's really fun getting into this hobby. Uh, for people that ask, what's the value in sports cards? Well, actually, right now, the ROI on sports cards is higher than real estate and the stock market right now. But I got a question for you. Yeah. How do you know? If a card's worth something. Of course, you can go on Google. Yeah. Um, you can jump into eBay. Yeah. How do you know if what you have is worth something? Is, is it based on condition? Is it just based on the player? Is it based on what's happening right now? How do you figure that out? Yeah, that's actually a really great question. So just to cover the basis of it. So there is, you can either buy cards raw, which essentially means they're not graded, or you can buy cards that are graded. Now, what does it mean when a card is graded? Graded cards are essentially sent in to a company called PSA and what they do is they rate the card they usually issue you 10 is being the best mint condition so you mail it in yeah you mail it in now the problem is is that there's fees and it has a six to seven month turnaround time wow yeah so a lot can happen in six to seven months exactly Your player ACL exactly so the workaround is there's um there's actually guys that you can send your cards to kind of like a third party and they expedite the process a little bit as well as make the fees less. But really the two main companies that you want to look out for when it comes to grading is PSA and Beckett. And what's a good grade? So 10 is perfect. That's mint condition. Uh, for Beckett, Beckett is really, really hard to get a 10. Uh, yeah, I keep hearing that it's hard to get a 10. You can get a card brand new out of the box and it can't and it's, it may not be a 10, is that true? Yeah, yeah. So what happens is let's say the card is not centered. So the player is not centered or aligned properly. There's actually wow. tools that they use. So it was probably misprinted. So even though it's in perfect condition, it'll probably be like a 9. I'd you know? be, I'd be blown. Yeah. But don't worry guys, um you could still get value out of cards that are still PSA 9 or Beckett 9s. Beckett 9s are actually damn near PSA 10s really. So So yeah. Uh, another question is what's a good card to invest in right now currently? Like if I'm looking to make an investment in in a card um or several cards maybe, yeah. um what advice would you have for me? So right now what you want to look at because the season is coming to an end is basketball cards. Lots of teams are at home right now. But wouldn't that mean high risk? No. And I'll tell you why. Because everybody's attention is now on football. We're in the middle of a football season. The finals are happening in the NBA. The only cards that are going to be expensive are the players that are in the finals and competing in the finals. But some of the cards that I'm really looking forward to, um, just one, if you guys have some money around, uh, the gold price you want to go for this card is about four hundred twenty-five to four hundred fifty dollars. It's it's a Trey Young Panini Prism card, seventy-eight. It's from two thousand eighteen. Is it's it? Panini the company of the uh, the the producer that makes the cards? Yep, and they release a bunch of uh, lines. So Panini Prism is actually one of the most uh, sought after lines that they have. So. Um, anything Panini Prism with the rookie is going to have value with it. But Trey Young is just one of those ballers. He 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 actually had his card peak around $680 in mid-August. Shit. Yeah. And right now you could go on eBay. That's typically where you want to purchase these sports cards. And you could you could try to find a PSA 10 for $425 to $450. There's a good chance you could probably make $600 or even more, depending on how he comes back. But as the NBA season gains hype, what you're going to see is that card value go up, especially for Trey Young. Trey Young's a baller. 
He reminds me a lot of uh, Steph Curry in his game. He's only 21 years old. His roster is young. Uh, and, and what times would you say there's hype aside from the playoffs? Uh, obviously, there's playoffs, and uh, I'm assuming all-star games. Like, let's say you make it to the all-star team. Yeah. Uh, could you expect a card that you have to maybe rise in value? Oh, absolutely. Usually, uh, it's like the stock market. You know, when uh, when a company puts out their earning share call, uh, stocks tend to rise based or tends to go down based on what uh, is in those earnings calls. Same thing with uh, with basketball or football or baseball cards, where however the player performs is probably going to affect the card. For and I'm sure. assuming autograph cards are definitely worth more, right? Oh yeah, for card. sure, for sure. Yep. Um, another one that I really want to recommend is the 2018 Panini Prism Silver 184 Shy Alexander card. Um, so right now, I like the PSA 9 card. Shy was playing really, really good before he got bounced out in the playoffs. Kid is still young. He has a lot of potential, a lot of room for growth. I think before he got traded away from the Clippers, I think he played a big factor in getting those two dubs over the Warriors in that playoff series where they ended up losing. Would you consider that a card to invest in right now or something to keep oh, your, eye, sure. keep you, your you eye on? Oh, for sure. You want to you want to invest in it right now. Okay. Um, Because, like I said, these guys are at home. You Pe- guys heard that, right? Yep. Pe- We're dropping gems on you guys. Yeah. The, you, yo, this is... If you have the money, you're, you're sleeping on free money right here. So, um... So yes, it does take some money. You have to spend some money. So it's gonna the gold price but it takes for, dough to make bread. Come e- on, exactly, exactly. So the the card you want to look for is a PSA nine Panini Prism Silver for Shy Alexander. The value you're trying to look for is about two hundred dollars. You're looking at a potential resale value of three hundred or more. You probably want to hold on to that card for five six months. Of course, you can probably purchase multiple cards. Uh, there's not really much risk in this card, unless of course Shy gets injured and has a horrible injury. But I mean, he he's he's a he's a he's a future NBA All Star, and uh, he's a really great player. And uh, with him playing against, if if Chris Paul doesn't get traded, I don't know if OKC is going to blow up their team. But if he still plays with Chris Paul, that just even solidifies that play even more. So definitely spend that money to get Shy Alexander. And then I'm just going to finish it off for one more card. This is one of my favorite rookies, one of my favorite players right now in the NBA, Ja Morant, Prism Rookie Card 2019-2020. Yeah, I heard a lot about Ja Morant. Yeah, uh, PSA 10. Right now, what you're looking for, you want to try to get it around $390 to $400. You're probably looking at a resale value in about three months of $550 or more. Um, wow. Yeah. So John Morant is a beast. He's, he's got a, he's another one of those dudes that's got a lot of great role players around him. A lot of great young players. Um, I definitely think, uh, John Morant is going to dominate. He has good teammates in Brandon Clark and, uh, triple J. Um, yeah. And I I think, I think the Grizzlies are going to be another team to look out for. They're definitely. They're probably not going to be in the higher seeds, but they'll be competing in the lower seeds and in the playoffs. Yeah, in, in the playoffs. So that's what's going to make John Morant's card increase in value, of course. Exactly. Yeah, because everybody, like I said, right now is focused on football, and they're also focused on Pokemon. So, so let me so. ask you: um, If I'm looking to invest in cards, yeah, what's a good place to start uh, and, and and start my collection and, and buy some cards? Um, the best place you want to look for is eBay. Uh, that's that's typically the best place you want to look for a lot of the people. And can you trust eBay? I guess you got to find the trusted sellers and different things like that. Read yeah, reviews. you definitely want to look at the reviews, make sure they're trusted sellers. But 
um, you definitely want to look at uh, the. You want to research the card itself. Uh, there's a bunch of card blogging websites that will show you the card, and you just want to make sure that the card that you see on that website matches the one that's being sold on eBay. But most of the time, fraudulent stuff doesn't really happen on uh, sports cards, believe it or not. Um, so yeah, so just just keep an eye on uh, out an eye out on eBay, and definitely keep an eye out on uh, the bids that go on and definitely pay attention to those gold prices for those cards I just mentioned. All right. Excellent. Um, so I think that just about sums it up for, uh, for our card talk for the week. What do you think? Right. That's about it. Yep. Yep. Half of making some money guys. All right, everybody. So we appreciate you listening to our podcast. Um, of course, like I had mentioned, uh, we're just starting out. So feel free to email us, um, with suggestions on, uh, filmroomfiles at gmail.com just let us know how you feel like we can improve um if you have things that you want us to add um of course you can email us with questions um we can we can answer your questions in the next episode or send over voice memos if you want to be featured in our next episode yes sir um we can definitely do that uh and follow us on instagram at filmroomfiles again that's at filmroomfiles um and then you can follow me uh on instagram at realjetlifer and then you can follow me, Izzy DMV, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm also a producer, so if you want to hear some music, I do provide good music as we're playing a song off my album, God Will Hear Right uh, Now. Yeah, off of Izzy's latest album. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. and I uh, just wanted to say thank you to everybody that listened. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. We appreciate the feedback we get from you guys, and we're super grateful. Like I said, this is our first episode, so bear with us. We'll try to get better and better for you guys and um, listen to your suggestions. And we hope that we can entertain you and uh, uh, make your drives a little easier as well. And uh, I also, again, wanted to mention this episode is brought to you by Ultra Youth. If you're looking for fly fashion, want to support a local business and leave a great impression by getting a great gift, visit ultrayouth.shop for, for exclusive uh, products and high-quality streetwear. Um, and I, I think that's going to just about do it for us. I appreciate you guys listening to us. Yes, sir. And definitely uh, check back with us again. And don't forget to leave us a review, please, wherever yes. you're listening to Have this. Have a good app. one.